five, Donald Trump alongside the UFC president, Dana White. He's such a huge fight fan. The fighters all love him, too. The support that he has yeah. in this arena, this roof is going to blow up. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a podcast. That's dangerous. <laughs> Listen to me, we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I, in typical fashion, are here in Las Vegas interviewing the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, thank you, sir, for being here. Thank you very much. It's an honor, and I've seen plenty of fights. Oh, please. You're a tough <laughs> so cookie. Excited. We're not going to mess around with Oh, thank you so much. We're and not. I know that you're a genuine fight fan. I because am. Because yeah, my very first fight was in 2001 at the UFC, uh, I, I'm sorry, at the Trump Taj Mahal yeah. in Atlantic City. Yeah. I got knocked out by a spinning back fist. We're not going to bring that up. Is this thing rolling? No, I'm only kidding. But uh, back then, in 2001, People weren't that excited to be uh, attached to the UFC. And you were, which I'd like to know about how you learned about the UFC. So somehow I got to know Dana. Yeah. And uh, a whole group of people that were into it and really liking it. And uh, I respected them and I respected Dana a lot. And you know that family is a great family to yes. help Dana out, okay? Yes. We don't have to mention names, but that family is fantastic. And they've been with me right from the beginning. Incredible people, yes. smart people too, and good people. And uh, they couldn't get a venue because of the danger. You know, people thought it was so dangerous and happened to be right about that. But they couldn't get a venue. And I supplied them with a venue. And I think it was for a few of the fights, maybe yes. even five early fights, and in those days, uh, the danger was, you know, perceived as being, look, there's great danger, but it was perceived as being just like death. And so uh, a lot of the athletic commissions wouldn't do it and owners wouldn't do it and they couldn't get venues. And I gave them venues early on. And it's an incredible thing because both uh, Dana and that great group of investors, particular uh, our friends. Yes. They, uh, they appreciated it. And Dana, to this day, I can say that uh, I watched an interview a year ago where they went in and they were saying, they were trying to get some bad stuff on Trump. And he said, no, wait a minute. You're a smart guy. He said, wait a minute. I'll never say bad about Trump. You want me to say bad about Trump? I'm never saying bad about Trump. He helped me a lot when nobody else would. And, you know, those early years for UFC were very tough. They oh, were yes. very tough. I, I got the, the inside scoop from a lot of people. They were close to closing it down a few times, and 100%. they kept it going. And uh, they might have $2 million, I think. It was like $2 million. Well, they, they were, you know, they were losing money, and it was, it was a tough deal. And they pulled it through, and now it's a phenomenal juggernaut. It's incredible what's happened. And, you know, I give tremendous respect for uh, the initial group and for also for Dana. I don't think anybody could have done what Dana did. I, I really don't. You know, usually they say uh, everybody is replaceable. No matter what, everybody's replaceable. I don't think this guy's replaceable. <laughs> now, you know, I hope I'm not hurting their investment because I don't know, where do you find somebody like this? What The job he does, and he truly loves it. You know, when I talk to people about success, you have to love what you do. 
Uh, he truly loves it. And he also will tell the truth about a card. Like if he doesn't like a card, he'll come out and go, that, that fight sucked, it wasn't good. And I think people trust you when you come out and say something good about your product yeah. or something bad about it if you're not happy with it. Well, you heard the name matchmaker for years in boxing and other things, and he's a great matchmaker. He understands the fighters, he understands a good fight. And you know, you could have a great fighter against a not very good fighter, and it's not very exciting usually. I mean, sometimes yeah. you have an upset, but not that often. Uh, he's a great matchmaker. He understands it, but he loves it, and he's really good at what he does. And uh, I get to watch as much as I can. It's you know highly competitive stuff. You know that better than <laughs> yeah. Like even back then in 2001, you hosted it, but I knew you were a fan because the very next event, UFC 32, was at the Meadowlands, and you showed up as just a fan. Yeah, you were in. Yeah. Well, I did, and we had a really rough card. That first one was rough. In fact, I'm not even sure it was so rough. It was great. But uh, I don't know if that helped him or not, because anybody that saw that would say, that is a dangerous world. Yeah. But it was incredible. And uh, yeah, I've gone to numerous fights, and I'll be going tonight. Oh, and tonight, yeah. you have a very good card. Yes. But I've been to some uh, great UFC fights. Are you good at making picks? Uh, no matter how many fights I watch, I'm terrible at making picks. I'm always wrong. Well, this, this sport is interesting. Like, I watched Usman. I think he's a terrific guy, by the way, terrific yeah. oh. person. And I only say that because when people say nice about me, I say nice about them. But, <laughs> but he is. He's a terrific and a fantastic fighter. And I watched that fight, and he was essentially undefeated and pretty much unbeatable. And he goes into the fight, and he was winning that fight by so much. Yeah. It was over, and then the one kick, and it was indeed Last over. Round. But Leon it ended Edwards, up yeah. So you never really know. You never really know. And I was a little surprised, and, and I give credit to his opponent because... In the next fight, uh, he was, you know, pretty fairly dominant. Yeah. yeah. And I was a little surprised to see that. But uh, Usman is a great fighter, and then all of a sudden that ended. So it was, it's, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And if you look at The Matt, kicks and the punchers, right? The kicks yeah. and the punchers. <laughs> Matt pointed this out, too. In his corner, uh, Leon was losing that fight badly, yeah. and his corner said, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like, his corner yes. woke him up, and he came back, and he knocked out Usman in the fifth round. It's one of the most amazing comebacks. It, it, I've never seen, and it was really close to the end. It was almost, yeah. and I, I sort of, it was not a, an exciting fight, but a very dominant fight, because yes. Usman was dominating with the grappling or the wrestling, just dominating. And the last round, he decided to just sort of take it a little bit easy and, and box, and... <sighs> that didn't work out too well. No. It's, it's such a game of inches. Yeah, it um, is. You zig when you should have zagged. Yeah. The fight's over. I think that's one of the, the main differences between that and boxing, obviously. Boxing, you got the right and the left, you know? This one, you got the right, the left, also the right, left elbow, the knees, the submissions, the takedowns. Do you prefer one or the other with the combat sports, the boxing or the MMA? Well, I always like boxing. I've held a yeah. lot of fights. I held a lot of Mike Tyson fights, and uh, he was a, a fierce guy. And I think yeah. even mentally, in a sense, a lot of people were, they looked like they were defeated. Big guys, mm -hmm. they were bigger than him in many cases, and they were defeated. I held the uh, Tyson Sphinx fight, yeah. and that landed, lasted 92 seconds, and yes. people were coming from all over the world to watch it, and it was a big deal. You know, Sphinx they, was undefeated, they, they and a really good fighter, but he was sort of a light heavyweight, but he won his light heavyweight fights, but he won all his heavyweight fights, and uh, he had never been knocked down, and you could see... He was not thrilled about that fight. He looked scared going into yeah, it. Yeah, a little he, bit. He looked a little a scared. Little bit. But people came from Europe. They came from all over the world to watch it. And they're being seated. And the fight was over. I had a little hard time because I had a lot of pretty 
unhappy people. Uh, but that was exciting. And we had a, there was so many, so many great fights. Larry Holmes was a great fighter. I thought he never got that much credit for Can I ask you about fight. that? Because yeah. Larry Holmes, 48-0, and then Spinks beat him. Yeah. Was it because he followed Ali? Why do you think he never got the respect and love that he should have gotten? It was really uh, uh, incredible because he followed Ali. At the same time, he fought Ali. And I think that was the worst beating that Ali ever took. He didn't get knocked out. I guess they threw him. His head was twice the size. I think if there was a problem caused by boxing, that might have been it. That was the worst. And Larry Holmes was screaming to stop the fight. He was actually screaming because he admired yeah. Ali. But following Ali, that was a tremendous punishment, if you remember that, because yeah. Larry Holmes had the best left jab. But uh, if you uh, take a look at Ali, there was something so magic. And following him was, I think, probably very hard for anybody to do. Larry Holmes is a you know great champion, but following Ali was very hard to do. And you got to know Ali. I know you knew him pretty well. And, and you've credited Fraser Ali with kind of getting you interested in boxing. What was it about that fight that kind of got you on that? Well, I knew them all. I mean, I really knew them all. Ali was great, and Joe Frazier was great. Yeah. And it's just uh, sort of like uh, different folks because Joe Frazier was so bad for George Foreman. But Ali was so good for George Foreman, right? You know, that was one yeah. of the greatest fights because everybody thought George Foreman was invincible at the time. And he did the rope-a-dope stuff and everybody yeah. thought it was over. And, but he saw something, you know, he saw the stamina thing. Ali saw that and he was a genius at fighting. He was yeah. a genius. But uh, he had a hard time with Frazier. He had a hard time with Kenny Norton, right? He had a hard time with Kenny Norton and yet Kenny Norton had a hard time with other people. So you never know really how it goes. Joe, uh, Joe Frazier was an incredible fighter. Oh, Did you think he got a fair rap too? I don't think Joe Frazier got a fair rap. People loved Ali and they hated Frazier. Frazier was a really good guy. He was a great guy and he was a great fighter. And their fights were among the best you'll ever see. Oh yeah. Uh, I was uh, talking the other day, uh, Tommy the Hitman Hearns, right? Oh, yes. Against Marvin, Marvin Hagler. Yes. So that was... Less than four rounds. I said, they said, what's the greatest fight you've ever seen? I said, well, one of them only lasted three rounds. Now, you can't have a great fight for three rounds, but I thought that was among the greatest three rounds yeah. ever, right? Throwing caution to the wind. Well, he almost <laughs> knocked Hagler out oh, yes. in the first round. And then in the third round, you know, you could see it. But uh, that was, uh, people watch that, and that's one of the greatest S fights. Speaking of Marvel, Marvel, Marvelous Marvelin Hagler, uh, his fight versus Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Well, uh, hey, Sugar Ray's another one. I'll, I'll tell you, I thought you were going to ask a different one. His fight on uh, Roberto Duran. Oh, So enough. Roberto Duran was incredible. Yeah. And uh, beat him badly up yes. in Canada. I was at that fight. You were. And then, uh, if, if you remember, Sugar Ray came back. Yeah. And he beat him on the no mas, no mas fight, right? Sugar Ray was great. Look, you have a lot of great champions. It's hard to say. Some people say, who's the best? Who's the greatest? I don't know if you can really say it, but Sugar Ray was great. Hagler was great. Hagler was so great. Uh, Tommy the Hitman Hearns was, was good. Were you happy to see Roberto Duran? He was in the cage with Masvidal after that fight with Nate Diaz. Yeah, well, Jorge Masvidal was, <laughs> you know why I love him. I love people that like me. He likes me. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, he's a, he's a guy from Cuba yeah. who got left alone in life at like nine years old and, you know, really went through a lot. And he had the quickest knockout. And I remember Dana saying, oh, the 
young man that he's fighting is really good. He's really good hit. But he got knocked out in like three seconds or something. Ben Askren. Ben Askren's a yeah. Yeah. world-class wrestler. Right. So everybody thought, and he was he did so well overseas. So everybody thought that he was gonna have his way with Jorge Masvidal. And then a flying knee later. <laughs> yeah. So what happened to Ben after that fight? You know what? I believe he fought Damian Maya, who yeah. was a jiu-jitsu expert, right. which was a very fun match because that right. was basically like jiu-jitsu versus wrestling. He ended up getting strangled. He didn't have the best showing in the UFC, Ben Askren. Yeah. <laughs> he did well against Lawler, though. Lawler was beating him, and then he wound up beating Lawler. He ended up beating Lawler, fight, yeah. and then after that, he had the fight with Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. And then it was downhill after that. But Jorge's a great guy, and he was uh, campaigning for me. You know, he yeah. said, yeah. somehow I, I'm, I'm making a speech, and there's thousands of people, and I look, and I say, I think that guy is a fighter. <laughs> and then I saw it was Jorge, and he had done some good stuff. You know, he, he had a... I don't know if he's retired or not retired, but he he had a hell of a career when you think of it. They said he just he just retired. I think he might have retired, but he was a big fan of mine politically. And I'll tell you, it, it had a difference. I did phenomenally well in Miami and in all of Florida with the Hispanic population. And I credit a lot of that to Jorge. So we love Jorge. And he's a tough cookie. He's a tough cookie. And uh, they had a fight with uh, Kobe, who I really like, too. Yeah. You know, Kobe, those two don't like each other. That's too. a yeah. one for you. But Kobe is a uh, MAGA guy. He's, he walks into the <laughs> ring sometimes wearing a Make America Great yeah. Yep. And he's got a great fight coming up. I think his fight coming up is going to be fantastic. Yeah, he's fighting Leon, I think. He's fighting for the title. The belt, yeah. Leon, with Leon Edwards. Now, is it hard when two guys you like so much are kind of fighting with each other because everybody asks you to weigh in and, you know, who would you pick? I don't love it. I, yeah, I don't love it. I hate to give that kind of an answer sure. to. Like, you know, uh, uh, I don't like to do that, but uh, I've had a couple where, because I know so many of the fighters, I, I've held a lot of fights for yeah. for my own reasons. I mean, we have, it brings people, it brings success, it brings money, it brings a lot of good things. And uh, it's, it's an interesting business. I think you've heard, I think UFC has hurt boxing a lot. Yeah. But when you have a big boxing match, it still does great, a big one. They but the, the medium matches, the smaller matches, I don't think they, they're very exciting anymore. They, I don't think they do very well anymore. But I notice when there is a good match, when you have a big match and a good match, they do pretty well. It seems like, Dana, too, the UFC has been so good about getting you the fight you want to see as a yeah. fan. Whereas what do you think it is that slowed boxing down with? They'll make you wait years to get a matchup, and, and Dana will put it together in six months. Dana, look, there's nobody like this guy. I know them all. I know, forget about in fighting. I know them all in business. Dana White is an incredible person, and he's a loyal person. He's a very loyal person, but uh, he understands it, he loves it, and you're right. You know, you hear so much about like a boxing match where they're gonna meet, they're gonna meet, six years later they haven't, then by the time they meet the one guy they say is over the hill, and it no longer yeah. means anything. Dana, if, if when you have those situations, it always happens. I think Khabib was, Great, and it looks like he yeah. probably doesn't come back. But I asked Dana last night, "When is Khabib? Are you going to get him to come back?" So, uh, but I, I thought he, he was tried. he was a seriously yeah. good fighter, right? I think he promised his mom or something that he wouldn't fight anymore. There was some type of a. Well, when his fan. father died, yes. he had something. Yes. But but uh, I thought he was a fantastic fighter. And when you put together uh, Spinks and Tyson, was that kind of like to break Vegas' back in a way? Like, wasn't that the first big win for Atlantic City? Well, I had a lot of Mike Tyson fights. I had more Tyson fights than anybody else. And I got along great with him. I, in fact, I saw him recently and he could not have been nicer. Yeah. You know, he was always very nice to me and very good. But I had a lot of fights and he, he was a draw. He could draw anything. Um, 
And he had a great career. And then uh, I was at the fight in Japan, which was sort of, uh, I was sitting next to Don King. And I was a little bit surprised because Mike was expected to win that. And he was fighting a good fighter, but somebody that wasn't always in shape. And he put himself into great shape. And his left jab was like, like a Larry Holmes left yeah, jab. Yeah. You remember Buster that? Douglas he, was in amazing After two rounds, there. I looked at Don King. I said, listen, Don, uh, and we watching, is this right? Because you know, nobody thought that. And it was a weird scene because it was at seven in the morning. Yeah. Because it was in Japan. Yeah. So it was broadcast. It's a huge time difference. It's broadcast in the evening here. Yeah. So I'm watching a fight at seven in the morning and the people were just sort of clapping very politely. It wasn't like a fight crowd, but uh, that was a, a strange fight. But, but Mike was an you know, incredible, just an incredible draw. And a really, he's really, when you know him, he's really a good guy. What do you think it is about Tyson too? Because people love him in a way. Like there's so many great fighters like Lennox Lewis, Holyfield, Holmes. What is it about Mike that still resonates with people? Because they really love Mike Tyson. So he started so strong and he was like invincible. And he went that way for a long time. I mean, you know, eventually you're gonna lose a fight. It, it just happens to be. Uh, like Usman, you know, yeah. Usman didn't look like he was gonna lose at all. And then he's at a fight where he's, it's so dominant. I mean, frankly, it was yeah. a boring fight. And then he decided to change styles a little bit, which I guess probably if he looked back, he said, yeah. we should have grappled for one more round. <laughs> yeah. And he wouldn't have had that problem. But uh, Mike was a very dominant force and a very, uh, I mean, he had the whole thing with Robin and the whole thing with this and that. It was always, and ultimately it built a very big character. And you know, he did a Broadway play. Yes. And nobody understands this when I said he was great in it. Yep. And I went as a favor really to him. I went to the Broadway play. It was an opening and it was actually a great show. And I told him a couple of months ago, I was with him, I said, you ought to do another one or do it in Vegas or something. But Mike Tyson did sort of a one-man yeah. show. Yeah, I remember that. And it was actually really good. And, uh, and I just, you know, I, I have to speak highly about him because he was a great fighter. Yeah. Uh, but I guess you reach a certain level, a certain age, and it doesn't work quite as well. But you can come back. You know, it's interesting when they say the great ones, and especially the ones with the big punch, like George Foreman. <laughs> So George Foreman was a terrific guy, but boy, is he different than he was because he was a very sullen guy. Yeah. And then he turned out to be a big personality. But he fought a young fighter who was uh, very good, considered very good. And George was getting beaten up for six or seven rounds pretty badly. Michael Mora. Michael Mora was the fighter. Yeah. And then he, he fought Michael Mora and... It was not even, I mean, George was taking tremendous punishment. This guy was dancing around. And then George hit him. It was actually a double hit. Yeah. It was a boom, boom. And man, that was over. He didn't even move when he threw the punch. It was like a really, it was like the 10th round. And Foreman just was kind of standing there. He just, just threw it. You see yeah. how strong he was to drop him with just kind of a half punch. But he was just getting beaten up. And yeah. you know, it was an age thing. He wasn't moving fast. But they say when you have the punch, you never really lose the punch. Maybe you do it at a certain age, but yeah. you don't lose it for a long time. But that was an amazing uh, event. Yeah. But the UFC has taken a, a, so much of the uh, glamour. I think if Dana went into the world of boxing, which he might do, but if he ever did that, he'd probably bring it back because it's also very good. What surprises me, if you look at the casualties, and I mean literally casualties, boxing has many more. Yeah. I don't know if UFC's ever had a None. death, but boxing has had numerous. Yeah. And 
you would say that it would be the opposite, but it's not the opposite. And I think somebody said it's the shots to the head. Everything's yeah. to, but uh, you would, you know, it's always been a surprising statistic to me because to me, uh, UFC is is more dangerous. It's certainly more dangerous looking. But you're spending a lot of time wrestling, and you're spending a lot of time. I, you know, yeah, I think that's if, if I'm personally, if I'm in there and I'm getting um, tuned up a little bit, at least I have the. Um, I don't. If it's just boxing. You know what are you gonna do? Quit? You can't yeah. quit. That's, yeah. that's 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 a no mas. That's yeah. still you know, but uh, you could look to change it up by initiating a takedown or switching up some strategies, which you couldn't do yeah. in a striking. It's uh, just a surprising sport. stat to me. I've seen yeah. it because it's so blunt. Time. I think because you know it's very. It looks more uh, violent because of the blood and the cuts and this and that because of the uh, the skin on skin. But it, I think it's just your brain getting jawed around with the boxing. It's uh, it very surprising, but it's. Uh, look, this not a, this is not a safe sport that you guys are in, <laughs> but it's uh, it's safer than boxing, which is yeah. shocking. Well, you yeah. say you guys. I'm not, I don't train. I mean, I know I look <laughs> Jimmy, like a fighter. No, he looks <laughs> tough. That's very tough. <laughs> Thank you, um, Foreman. By the way, the amazing thing about him too. You talk about like Robbie Lawler's fight in his uh, last fight tonight. Right. He's fighting Nico Price. He's 41. Isn't it crazy that when Ali lost to Holmes, he was 38, and he looked like he was very old, right. and then Foreman comes in at 38 and starts his career over yeah. again, 45 when he wins the title. Uh, it's kind of amazing to watch older guys do what these guys have done. Yeah, and you're seeing it, uh, they're doing better. Tom Brady, if you look at Tom Brady, came in at a certain age and everyone said, well, that's not gonna work. Uh, uh, you're seeing in your sport a lot where fighters are older and they're doing very well. I, I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with incentive. This doesn't seem to be a reason that somebody 36, 37, 38 wouldn't be able to do well, but a lot of them say they just can't they don't, mentally, more than physically, they just don't want to work out like they used to when they were 24 years right. old and they're looking to, you know, uh, take on the world. So, I don't know, that seems to be a reason, but it seems that athletes are lasting for a longer period of time, which always made sense to me. It always made sense. I think the fight itself wouldn't, it's not the hardest thing, which sounds odd. I think, as myself, as I got older, the, the training camps. Right. <laughs> Getting through those training camps kind of... In well, that's case. what they say. Yeah. As you get older... It's not that you can't do it. I think you're physically the same. Maybe yeah. in some ways you're stronger and better, but you don't have that same motivation to do it. You know, you've exactly. become successful. In your case, you've become successful, and now it's 10 years later, 15 years later, you just don't want to do that oh, anymore. Exactly. You want the success, but you don't want to work quite as hard. But I think a lot of people now are uh, lasting a lot longer. The Jets have a quarterback right now. It'll be very interesting. I think he'll do well. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how he does. I think he'll do well. He's a great guy. But uh, sports medicine, I think, too, plays a big part. I think so. Now, right? Well, even fixing the bones, you know, uh, things that where you were out for your life, now they fix them fairly routinely. Yeah. What's happened in, in what you take. Now, some people take a lot of bad stuff. But what they do in terms of fixing broken bones and broken joints, it's incredible, the difference. Tommy John surgery is an example. I mean, mm. I've seen people where the pitchers actually got better after Tommy. They were actually better. This is the only surgery I've ever seen where you get better. Yeah. But in some cases, the pitcher becomes better. Now, let, let me ask you, because I heard you're really into music, is what I heard. I, I like that's music. the rumor. Now, if you were to fight, let's say in a... Different universe. You were to fight, what song would you come out to? What song would pump you up to go fight in a cage? I think that, well, we are the champions, but that's that's 
played so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every time you see a World Series or anything, they play it, but it's good. But there are a lot of songs. I mean, yeah. inspirational songs, songs that make you want to do it. Didn't Tyson just come out to it? Like, a, um, did, wouldn't he have a weird, like, a, like a, a sound? It wasn't even a yeah. song. He came out, but he came out and it was exciting. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw it. Uh, Vince McMahon is another one. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's a fantastic guy. And one of the, the best ever. Yeah. And he would have uh, The Undertaker. And he had a song for The Undertaker. Now, this was an inspiring in terms of it was a song for but it was one of the greatest entries into a ring ever where the Undertaker comes into a ring. I did a, I did a fight with Vince, the yeah, Battle of yeah. the Billionaires. It's still supposedly the number one ranked pay-per-view fight that they've ever had, which makes me feel happy. <laughs> was that fun? And, but just before me was the Undertaker fighting yeah. somebody. And uh, it, it was incredible. The song, I said, Vince, how are we going to beat this? This is not good to follow that fight. But uh, but Vince is another one. He's done a great job. It's amazing how many MMA fighters love uh, WWE too. Yeah. Like a lot of guys yeah. like Ronda went over there. Um, uh, Cain Velasquez, like right. they they the, Cormier loves it. Like there's just yeah. something about the showmanship of WWE that even UFC guys. Well, love. Cormier is another fighter. I mean, you look at him. He's a, he was he was a great fighter, and he was shorter. Yeah. But he had a tremendous heart, and he had tremendous strength. Right. Yeah. But. But he was a he was a terrific he's a terrific guy but he's oh, a terrific yeah. fighter double champ too light heavyweight yeah, heavyweight no, he was tough you knew you were in a fight you know one the fighter that I found was incredible was Evander the real deal Holyfield ah. right? and I watched him because he was really a light heavyweight and the most he ever weighed was like uh, two eighteen and he's fighting guys two sixty and the one thing I'd always tell everybody no matter what no matter how big they were they were in for a hell of a fight yeah. But he was he was really a great fighter. Yeah, you his got that. With, uh, oh, Riddick, I'm just gonna say his fights with Riddick Bow were classic. The Riddick Bow fights, I mean, they were unbelievable. So one of the greatest rounds in history was the twelfth round. Evander was, you would think, knocked out. Most guys would have stopped it, yeah. and you know he really didn't get knocked out. But he was just. It looked like he was dead on the ropes. By the end of the round, it looked like Riddick was dead. Yeah, <laughs> there was one of the. I think it was the 12th round, but you have to take a look at that. That was like, yeah, so. great maybe it was the 10th round, but you have to look at that. That was an incredible fight, but he was a great fighter. Didn't you, wasn't AAC where they had two? Wasn't Foreman's last fight with Shannon Briggs? Wasn't that in uh, Atlantic City? Yes, it, I believe it was. Yeah. They booed the decision, I think. I think Foreman yeah. won that fight and everybody felt that he kind of got robbed. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're right about that. I think it was a bad decision. Yeah. Do you think bad judging has hurt boxing? Like you get that in all combat sports, but when you look at, like I saw you at a Golovkin fight. I sat behind you at a Golovkin fight. And then you see him and Alvarez fight and some of the judging, it's like, it makes me not want to watch boxing anymore. Well, is that uh, Triple G you're talking yes. about? So I watched him, it was very interesting. I was at Mar-a-Lago where you have very uh, elegant people and people <laughs> that aren't into the muscles. Okay. And people that you'll never see uh, fighting, I can tell you, physically fighting, <laughs> they fight mentally. But I, I was there and beautiful people are having dinner. And I looked and there was this guy who was Triple G. I didn't know him. I never heard of him. But I looked at him. I said, I bet he's a fighter. You know, you could look, I yeah, could look yeah. at you. I say, I bet he's a fighter. But I looked at him and he came up to me and he said, uh, yeah, my name is uh, Galapkin, Triple G. He said, I'm fighting at Madison Square Garden. So I said, and it was sort of, he was a young version. And he was great. Yeah. And then and he was so much better than anybody else. And then I watched him as he became champ. I guess he became champion, right? But uh, they they had a couple of fights. 
with him, it doesn't matter who, I don't want to say who, uh, he got screwed. Yeah. He, he dominated. Yeah. He dominated a certain fight, and they didn't give him the decision. And that takes your heart out. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that really, I think it took his heart out, but he was a great, that guy was a great fighter. And it makes it hard as a fan to watch it too, because if you like, I have no faith in the decision making, it makes you not want to watch. Do you know the decision making in UFC? I never thought about it. It's rare that you really disagree with a decision. Yeah. It's very rare. In boxing, you would see, I've seen some fights that were so bad where a, a guy was pummeled for whatever number of rounds. Now, boxing was better when they had 15 rounds, to be honest with you, you know, those last three rounds. But that's easy for me to say. I don't have to go in there and, you know, <laughs> yeah. do that. But it was better, those yeah. three rounds sometimes. They call them the, the real, those were the real champion rounds. Yeah. But they changed it to 12. I actually think that hurt boxing. I want, why did they do that? To make it safer? Safer. Yeah. yeah. And they said a lot of damage was done in those last three rounds. But, but boxing was better I mean, if they brought back 15-round championship fights, I think it would be, you know, helpful to boxing. But there must be a safety reason they did it. I don't know what the reason was, but I think it was safety. Yeah, I think guys were taking damage. And do you remember the fight, Meldrick Taylor against Julio Cesar Chavez? Chavez was undefeated. And I think it was Richard Steele stopped it with maybe 10 seconds left yeah, in the yeah, final yeah, round yeah, and yeah, gave it was. to Chavez. Yeah. And Maybe that was just a coincidence, but you look at that, you're like, it's kind of hard to get back on board no, with boxing. It takes your heart out. I mean, it does, it does that. But that's life, right? Yeah. Life can be that. You know, I look at like UFC or, or boxing or any of these things, even sports generally. It's sort of a microcosm of life, but it's quicker. It doesn't take years to determine. It, you're, you know, it's over in 12 rounds or it's over in five rounds yes. or three rounds. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really a microcosm of life. And you see it right in front of you. You have a great champion go and he gets his ass kicked. You have another guy who's no good and he has a great night. You know, it, it's so interesting. But the nice part, it's over in a period of a half an hour, 45 yes. minutes. It's all over and you sort of see a decision. But it's a little bit like life when you think about it. Jimmy, I was going to say tonight... Speaking of great fighters, Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, he's a great fighter. Yeah, what an amazing fighter. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, yeah, Rodriguez, uh, who's a very dynamic fighter. Any thoughts on that fight? That's going to be exciting. Well, That's Rodriguez from Mexico yes. said such nice things about me yeah. that I would never say anything bad. <laughs> it's hard to, right? No, no. When they like you, it's hard he's to really Now, at the same time, Alexander is tough. Although he lost the fight previous, but yeah. uh, a lot of people think he didn't lose that it's very fight. very close. There yeah. were a lot of people talking about UFC now, because I'm just saying how good UFC is, but there were a lot of people thought that he did not lose that fight. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that, Matt? The Volkanovski fight yeah. with uh, yeah. uh, Makashev, yeah. uh, Islam. I thought the way it ended, if they scored it like they did in Pride, like the, as in a whole fight, right. it ended with him having, he had the bigger moments, I'd say. He had the bigger moments in the fight. So could that have gone around. either way? Uh, it, it, it could have. So who and did you think won? I thought Islam won. Okay. I thought it was a just decision because he he dominated more of the rounds. If you go round to round, he had more time clocked in just controlling it. That wasn't a bad decision, but that yeah. is a decision could have been. You know, Alexander did very if it well. If went the other way, it would But I've seen fights where it's... Oh, yeah. It's, and these are boxing matches where... It's horrible, honestly. Yeah. It's horrible. You yeah, like something has to be, and that hurts. Us, that hurt the sport. It hurt a lot, I think. Yeah, and it also you you invest more in these. Dana is so good, like you said, at building these undercards and building the lesser than the giant fights. They're fights that people are invested in as well. 
Well, I knew Don King very well, okay? When you knew Don King, you really knew somebody, and he was great. <laughs> and, and I have a lot of respect for Bob Arum. I mean, look, he's still doing it. He's doing great. He's been doing it for 250 years, I think, <laughs> since the founding. <laughs> uh, but he's still doing it great. You know, he's at the top of his game. Yeah. Uh, but I knew Don King, and I always used to say, signing a contract with Don didn't mean much because you'd sign. And then an hour before the fight, he'd come to you and say, my fight, my fight is not feeling well, he's not going to make it. You have a full house. Yeah. And he said, what are you telling us, Don? Yeah. He said, well, needs a little more money. I mean, this is... But I knew him very well and a true piece of work. Yeah. Uh, not to be imitated, but I liked him. I liked him. But uh, sometimes the deal wasn't so secure when you yeah. said it, yes. whether it was in writing or not. It was more of a suggestion. But, but Don, Don, uh, Don King was an amazing guy. He couldn't, be, uh, he couldn't be imitated. Would you, did you ever have to back off on that at the end? Like, was there ever a moment you're like, all right, I'll do it? Or were you able usually to push back? I refuse to say, but the answer is, we got the fight on. The fight happened. But no, Don was, uh, he was tough. He was, look, uh, there was probably nobody ever like him, yeah. right? I saw him take over from the original two guys, you remember. I saw him take over Mike and took oh. over Mike Tyson. Yeah. And uh, I watched it happen. And there was nobody better at that stuff than Don King. What he could do was was magic. And he was, you know, just a big personality. They imitated him. They had somebody trying to imitate Don King in the last Rocky fight. And those Rocky fights were great. Uh, and they had, uh, the fighters had everybody, but they had a person that was actually an imitation of Don King. But the size wasn't right. The face wasn't right. The hair wasn't right. It was not a good imitation because you can't really you can't really imitate a guy like that because yeah. he's not menacing Don King. Don King smiles like he's a very charismatic, only, only guy. He'll grab people at Mar-a-Lago. He'll walk into a party. He'll grab two beautiful people and he'll scream only in America. Only and he gets away with it. Right? He does he get away it. with it. He said it to me and I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Don. I wasn't going to argue. with nah, him. He was he was good. a very good guy. Is it the ability to 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 say this is going to happen, like he did it with in Zaire with Ali and uh, Foreman? Is it the ability just to say I'm going to make this happen and not be afraid that it doesn't happen that makes him so great? Well, it is, but you know, if you look at that fight, that was an incredible fight because uh, that was when Foreman was invincible. He was knocking out everybody in the first round, and Ali was going over to Africa to fight. Yeah, and that was one of the most genius fights ever. Because all Ali did was this, and he just kept the arms up, and yeah. they were to throw in the towel. Ali knew exactly what he was doing. That was one of the greatest fights. That was a genius fight. Remember, they went to throw in the towel. Oh, yeah. No, no. His oh, arms no. were twice the size. You know, they were so small. Yeah. But, uh, and then all of a sudden, it happened where uh, a left to right, a left to right. And that fight was over. That was a genius fight. Yeah, it was. And the, in terms of strategy. Rope-a-dope, right? yeah. Rope-a-dope wasn't a thing before that. Right. You yeah. know? And it is wild, you said with George Foreman. He didn't. He used to be a quiet guy looking frightening. Sullen. Of German. Yeah, German yeah. shepherds. And then years later when he came back, talk about personality. George Foreman grills yeah. and this and that. Where'd that no, come from? He's a great guy and he's yeah. got a great brain. I don't know. It, it was, I don't know what it was, but... But in the really initial, he was a very, the word is sullen, right? Yeah, was, I believe so. Yeah, it wasn't. Nobody really liked him. Uh, he was unbelievable because he was knocking everybody out. And, you know, he, he only started fighting like a year before, which yeah. tells you that talent is more important than work. Yeah. Work is very important. But talent 
you know, that was an extreme talent. But he only was boxing a very short period of time before the Olympics, and then he ends up winning the Olympics pretty easily, right? Yeah. And then he ends up having a great career. But he didn't box, you know, from for very much more than a year or two before he won the Olympics. Uh, but he was very talented. And, he, you know, he was born with the big punch, right? Probably a, nobody had a bigger punch than George Foreman. And his persona. He was such a terrifying guy. And he yeah. said, he admitted that he was scared of Joe Frazier. He said he was shaking before that fight, and that's why he pummeled him so mad. He was but he was meant for Joe Frazier. When Joe Frazier would charge him and he hit him with the uppercut, remember that was the weirdest because it took like three seconds, and then Joe went up in the air. It was almost <laughs> like, a, like a spring. Yeah. He hit him, and then Joe went up. It showed great bravery in Joe, but that he was not meant for, you know, Joe was not meant to fight him. It's wild. I heard in an interview that George Foreman said if he was younger and this was sport was around, mixed martial arts, he would like to try his hands. Oh, back, he, well, which would have been funny with him and those with those little gloves punches. I mean, the not truth funny, is, but you never know. Like, yeah. you know, you have somebody fighting Bo Nickel tonight. Oh, you know? oh, yes. So he was at the White House and he was with Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, and you know, Jim Jordan, the congressman, was a great wrestler. He was the, an All-American wrestler, okay. NC. I guess he was the NCAA champion okay. for a number of times, but a great wrestler. But he was an All-American. His son's an All-American wrestler. You didn't know that about the great Jim Jordan. Jim I did Jordan's not great, know that, but yeah. he brought all of the championship wrestlers in their divisions to the White House. And he said, that guy's going to be a UFC fighter and that guy's going to do great. How long ago was and that? So, uh, three years ago. Oh, wow. Three, four years ago. And now look at him now. Yep. And he's, he's doing well. And we're, they're telling us we have to wrap up with you. I, I can't believe this happened. I'm so happy you came on. I know you're starting to do podcasts. So I hope you had a good time. On the well, show I'm doing this. a podcast if this is what it is. Is yeah. this a podcast? But they have <laughs> yeah. a lot of cameras for a podcast. I, I, there's a lot of people. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, I do it for Dana. And I do it for the Fertitta brothers, and they're so fantastic, and they've been so good, so good. And uh, actually, one of uh, the daughters worked at the White House, and I can only tell you she was so respected. She did such a great job at the White House. She worked as uh, doing various things at the White House in uh, prime time, and everybody respected her. So, you know, look, it's good genes. When you have good genes, you have good genes. That's very important, right? <laughs> Hey, man, well, thanks so much. Thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun, thank and I'm much. happy you came. Thank you very much, and say hello to everybody, and have a good night. We will. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you very much. 